1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We say thrill-packed, but uh, these days, uh, maybe the world's getting, and the country's getting a little too thrill-packed for uh, for our quality of life. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California. Our first issue up today it may be one that we might have trouble as citizens doing anything about, but its importance uh, may outrank most all other issues. Uh In the news this week is they're on the verge of doing a new nukes for Iran deal. And uh, the, the, apparently Iran had overreached so much that even the Brandon administration couldn't agree. But now they are appearing to be ready to do that. With lots of, uh, more money for the mullahs in Iran and an unverifiable agreement that will allow Iran to have nuclear weapons either by complying with the agreement or by, or by cheating. So to help us sort this key issue out, um, we pleased to welcome back to the show, Ken Timmerman. He is an investigative reporter specializing in national security, particularly in the Middle East. And he uh, is on, he was on the National Security and Foreign Policy Advisory Board for Trump for President, CEO of Foundation for Democracy in Iran. And we need a foundation for democracy in America. That is a, <laughs> that is an, that is another story. He was a Nobel Peace Prize nominee for his work exposing the Iranian nuclear program, author of numerous books. Um, his latest book, which is almost out, is kind of, is kind of his personal story. Um, and the rest is history. Tales of Hostages, Arms Dealers, Dirty Tricks, and Spies. Also, his preceding book was Election Heist, a fictionalized account of what he, of what ultimately happened in the 2020 election. His other books include Countdown to Crisis, The Coming Nuclear Showdown with Iran, Dark Forces, The Truth About What Happened in Benghazi, and many, many more. You can connect with uh, Ken at KenTimmerman.com. That's with two M's. So with all that, without introduction, let's let's dive into this. It looks like they're really going to do this and go back to and even as a matter of fact, not go back to Obama's nukes for Iran deal, but from press reports, an even worse version of it.
2: I, I think that's what's in the cards here, Greg, and it's uh, truly tragic to watch this happening. The Europeans got spooked at a certain point during the war with Ukraine that they were going to lose all Russian oil and gas. Germany thought that they were going to turn off the lights this winter because of that. They desperately needed to bring Iran back in as a supplier of both oil and gas. Therefore, the EU negotiated uh, this deal with the Iranians. They presented what they called a final project, a final uh, uh, deal, to the Iranians a couple of weeks ago. The Iranians said, no, no, it's not fine. No, we got problems. we got changes we want to make. The Europeans said, no, you're not going to make any changes. And ultimately, the Iranians backed down from some of their proposed changes, but they get a ton of stuff in this deal they shouldn't be getting. The Israelis have already, already told us they're not going to be held to it.
1: Well, can you uh, give information as to just what the tons of stuff they're going to get?
2: Well, uh, for example, they get to keep their fifth generation centrifuges. Now, these are uh, five times as quick as the ones that they had before, and they have been using them recently. Now, they're going to have to take them out of one particular plant, but who knows where they're going to go after that. Uh, They claim that they will be allowing the International Atomic Energy Agency in to inspect their facilities, but they have reneged on that pledge before in the past. There is no guarantee in the deal to show that they must do it. And as far as I've been able to see, there are no. Uh, um, um, there, there, there's nothing in the deal to impose penalties on the Iranian regime, should they welch on the agreement.
1: And as signing bonuses, uh, what 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 kind of economic benefits are they getting out of the out of the deal, the Iranians? And-
2: I, I think we're going to know more about the specific figures uh, n- next week. But as of now, I, from what I've been able to glean, they're going to get uh, uh, 10 to 15 billion dollars of frozen oil money released immediately. It's in South Korea uh, and in Japan, I believe, also in India. They will get access to an additional 150 billion dollars of oil revenues uh, over the next uh, year and a half to two years. They will be allowed to purchase high technology from Europe, uh, China, Russia, wherever they want in the world, in theory, from the United States as well, although U.S. sanctions, I think, will still apply. And uh, they are inevitably going to get some of those Revolutionary Guards companies taken off the sanctions list. Now, the U.S. is saying, no, 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 we're going to keep them sanctioned. I don't believe that for an instant. I don't trust the State Department. Uh, If you think, Anthony Blinken is not going to give in to the Iranians. You got something coming to you.
3: Just I was just
1: in this morning's news is uh, the Israeli prime minister, Yar Lapid, Lapid, however you pronounce that, trying to call Biden or Brandon and, uh, he was rebuffed they wouldn't even he wouldn't even take the call actually you know brandon's advisors of course were controlling that um he, because he because uh, brandon is
2: on vacation it's pretty shocking can't be, can't be bothered to talk it, it, to it, the it,
1: prime minister of israel about this important matter
2: yeah it's pretty shocking because uh, uh lapid's national security advisor was in washington on wednesday talking with jake Sullivan. i mean and, and he was talking to the media as well and made it very clear to Jake Sullivan and to the international media that Israel was not going to be bound to the deal. So uh, it, it's, it's surprising and shocking that Biden would not take the Israeli prime minister's call. Yeah.
1: Well, when you, when you made a decision to let Iran have nuclear weapons, what, what's there to talk? What, and, and hundreds of billions of dollars to finance their military, their ballistic missiles and terrorism. I mean, what, kind of what's there to talk about?
2: yeah well let, let's be precise about this the, the, the deal does not let Iran get nuclear weapons today. it does not get let them get nuclear weapons tomorrow. What it lets them do is to cheat every day and get away with it and' keep those weapons uh programs, the technology programs alive so they don't have to uh, um, uh, you know they can keep on enriching uranium they're supposed to put a cap on how much they can enrich they can cheat. Uh, they don't have to destroy those fifth-generation centrifuges. They're supposed to put them in storage. They can cheat. Uh, they're not supposed to be uh, building a new nuclear reactor to produce plutonium that they could uh, 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 be able to um, uh, reprocess. They can cheat, and there's no very really strong verification measures in this uh, agreement.
1: Well, I, I mean, under the under Obama's nukes for Iran deal, they. Any inspections required all this advance notice and so on. But were only by the Atom- International Atomic Energy Agency, which, of course, does not want to find any violations and any site that Iran called a military site was absolutely off limits for inspection.
2: Right. That, that's that's key. That is absolutely critical. Uh, I, I will say this about the IAEA. They have gotten somewhat better. In recent years, the current director, uh, Grassi, he's an Italian, is pretty tough. And he's pretty tough on the Iranians and have, has made some tough statements. He's gone there to try to inspect himself on the ground. But you're right. If if uh, the uh, uh, U.N. Security Council does not back them up, there's no teeth to the agreement. and And that's the real problem. The military sites. So that's that's also very important because this is the uh, uh, way that the Iranians get out of the inspections under a, quote, legal loophole uh, under the Non-Proliferation Treaty. They said, oh, "No, don't know, but you're going into a military site. You're going, you cannot go see our national security facilities. Well, guess what a nuclear weapons production plant is? It is a national security facility. Come on. So yeah. uh, it's a loophole through which you can drive an atomic weapon.
1: Yes. Um, and even adding to the folly of this whole arrangement is notwithstanding the, uh, the problems over Ukraine and uh, the adversarial relationship with Russia over Ukraine is a Russian is ha- is in charge of the negotiations.
2: Right. right. That That is uh, the, the supreme irony here. We have essentially delegated our national security interest to the Russian ambassador to, uh, and, <laughs> at the same time that we are fighting a proxy war with Russia. You know, one of the things I find so ironic here, Greg, is that uh, I, I have been investigating the Iranian nuclear weapons program for 30 years, literally 30 years. There's a scene that I tell in my new book, and the rest is history, of going on nightline. I was in Paris at the time 30 years ago, uh, so it was like 4.30 in the morning, five, five o'clock in the morning. I was going on uh, a nightline with the Iranian ambassador to the United Nations. And I had just issued a report with the Simon Wiesenthal Center in Los Angeles talking about secret Iranian nuclear weapons development sites. So the Iranian ambassador goes on, he said, oh, Timmerman, he's a Zionist spy. This is a plot by Israel. We have no nuclear weapons intentions. And then they had a guy from Senator Helms's office saying, well, you know, actually what we've seen in the classified realm goes way beyond what Mr. Timmerman says, but everything that he has said here is absolutely 100% accurate. So here's the punchline. And again, I tell this story in this book because it's, it's kind of indicative of, of the Iranians and also the kind of reporting that I do. So the and we go off, we go offline and I still have the satellite link up. And I said, Mr. Ambassador, if you are really so convinced that you have no nuclear weapons program, how about You allow me and other non-government experts to come in to bring a team in, and we'll go and tour all these places. And if we find that there's no nuclear weapons related activity, we will say that publicly and loudly. And he kind of sits there and he shakes his finger at me and he says, Mr. Timmerman, if you come to Iran, we will keep you a very long time. (laughs) And I've had a price on my head ever since. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, and so and, and so did and so did we, we laugh, but so did Salman Rushdie. Right, and uh, he, he he survived the uh, the, uh, the the recent atta- knifing attack by a uh, adherent of the uh, religion of peace.
2: And that was three years before this threat against me. So the Iranians have long, long memories. The Iranian regime has long memories, and they when they are determined to get somebody, they 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 do it. They yeah. can. not
1: I'm not going to play the clip, uh, but in in this clip I have of the Russian ambassador who's handling the negotiations, um, he said he says that Iran got much more than it could have expected, and of course it's only because the O'Brandon administration gave away much more. Right, than could be right. expected.
2: Right, and you have you know, the thing is you have people at the top level of this administration, starting with the president himself, who have long been in the tank for the Tehran regime. Joe Biden was taking money from uh, a pro-Tehran lobbyists when he was uh, running for Senate uh, back in the 2000s, as was John Kerry, who negotiated the previous deal. Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, is a personal friend of the former Iranian foreign minister and was negotiating him when he was with him Over U.S. national security issues when Jake Sullivan was a private citizen during the Trump administration. This is a scandal that is going to come out, Greg, at some point, uh, where Jake Sullivan was actually uh, endangering the lives of U.S. diplomats overseas by this back channel communication with Javad Zarif. So these things are going to come out. This administration is determined to cut a deal with the Iranian regime. And they really don't care how much it's going to cost. They don't care uh, how much it's going to enable Iranian terrorism or Iran's hegemonic uh, uh, aspirations in the region.
1: Uh, We need to take a break here. But in terms of their uh, Democrats facilitating Iran is there were widespread reports that when during the Trump administration, the Kerry was talking to the Iranians and telling them, hey, basically, Hang on! Don't give in to the tough sanctions that Trump imposed. And when we get in, we'll give you a break.
2: Right. Well, that's absolutely right. Kerry's intervention became public. I believe it was Senator Senator Blumenthal and Chris Van Hollen of Maryland who were also engaged in a a kind of uh, back channel uh, negotiation with the Iranians, trying to convince them to hold on. Uh, So you know, Kerry's not the only one. Jake Sullivan's not the only one. There are many, many senior leaders of the democrat party in washington
1: who take this view let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor for this half of unite ie radio ed hoffman of Planet home lending the place to go for your real estate lending needs back after this
4: hi this is ed hoffman branch manager of plan home lending llc and host of the main event heard weekends right here on am 590 the answer i'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months but so have home values so what does that mean to you If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed
5: Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID one seven zero two two. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. We are pleased to be v- visiting with international um, investigative reporter Ken Timmerman, author of many books. You can connect with him at KenTimmerman.com dot com and be sure to check out his latest book, which will be out soon. And the rest is history, which is uh, his story of his his work in prim- uh, most of it in the Middle East. Um uh, Tales of hostages, arms dealers, dirty tricks, and spies, and that certainly can be a dangerous area of the world. Sometimes it's almost as dangerous as riding the subway in uh, in New York City. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's that's right. And, and I, I will say this about uh, certainly working in the uh, Arab Muslim world is that uh, while there there are extremely dangerous situations, and I've been uh, almost killed a number of times, and and kidnapped as well. At the same time. You run across ordinary people who are just absolutely delightful, absolutely wonderful, uh, uh, with an almost Greek hospitality, uh, and so it's not all black and white.
1: No, no, human human nature is, of course, not black and white, and neither 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 are, neither are most people. Um, I remember we we had, we had dinner one time, and when you were out, when you were out at the uh, uh, United I E conference earlier this year, and. We commented, my, my wife and I commented that you were just, you always seem to be, have a cheerful disposition, notwithstanding all the problems, some of which we're talking about here. And you said two things is that that gives you that cheerful dis- disposition. One is, you know where you're going at the <laughs> yeah. end of this life. And That's two, right. you love your wife.
2: That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Uh, so I'm a happy Christian. Uh, I, 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 am an, I'm an, I am right with God uh and and I'm right with my wife you know that that seventh commandment is so tremendously important and when you're young you don't understand how important it, it is and it really is god gave us those commandments to make us happy that's what they're for they're not really to put restrictions on us they're to make us happy they're a path they're a guideline
1: you know that 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 it- I agree with that, and that is that is an insight and a point that all too few pastors make. Again, it's, it's not because God is a—and we're getting off point here— it's not because God is an uptight, sexually repressed white male sitting on his throne. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. It's because God loves us, and, the, and exactly right. That's By right. following his principles and rules, we'll make for a happy life individually and collectively.
2: That's right. That's absolutely right, and it's something that's—it's hard to learn. It takes a while to learn that, but once you do, you become—you, uh, I'm a happy person, and and there's not much that can uh, send me off track except sometimes worrying about what's happening to my country.
1: Yeah, all right. So we got, only, we got about five and a half minutes left here, and I got three things I want to talk about: is Iranian use of the weapon as uh, the nuclear weapons as an EMP attack. What is Israel going to do, and? why is, we'll start right there, perhaps quickly. Do these Democrats that are facilitating Iran's acquisition of nuclear weapons, are they betraying our country? And I think Obama certainly is trying to betray our country. Uh, maybe the others are deluded. Are they deluded or are they tra- are they traitors? Let's we'll start there and maybe try to do that quickly.
2: Well, uh, okay. They're certainly deluded and they believe that um, Iran is not a threat. The same way that Bill Clinton did not believe communist China was a threat, a subject, another subject I, I treat in and the rest is history. Uh, so if you start from that premise that this country or this state or this regime is not a threat, then it doesn't matter. They can do whatever they do they're not going they're not going to harm you so that is that is delusion. Is it traitorous? It would be traitorous if they had hard information, intelligence or information or otherwise that led them to understand. That Iran truly was a threat. Uh, Are they capable of understanding that information? I don't know. They are certainly briefed. They have all been briefed on what the Iranians are doing, and they just don't take it on board.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we have for decades. We in the Soviet Union had nuclear weapons, never used them on each other. And you look at Pakistan, China, um, India, North Korea. Um, if you believe press reports, Israel, well, that's not been confirmed, have nuclear weapons and they haven't used them on each on 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 their enemies. But I have serious doubt that deterrence will work on the Iranian mullahs.
2: You know, the, a, a, a dear friend of mine, Uri Lurani in Israel, who died a couple of years ago, and I got to know him for over 30 years, write about him in the book. Uri used to say, you you, you cannot deter a regime. That takes its cue from God, so if the Iranians believe that they're they're that that by dying by destroying their nation state or destroying millions of their own people that they get saved in the uh, Shiite Muslim end times, uh, there's no there's no deterring
1: them. Yeah, let the nukes go and give me my seventy five virgins.
2: Right. Right, 72. 72, 72. 72. And maybe it's 72 prunes as well yeah, It depends on the translation It might actually have been 72 prunes
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> de- 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 Maybe depending how old you are <laughs> <laughs> Exactly Okay, we're, we're running out of time um, Is Israel going to act And can they act in, militarily to stop
2: this? Uh, Yar Lapid, the prime minister Had made it crystal clear Repeatedly over the past couple of weeks, that Israel will act. Israel, He said uh, that Israel will not be bound by this agreement. As I said earlier in the show, he sent his national security advisor on Wednesday to Washington to make that crystal clear to his counterpart, Jake Sullivan. Uh, so the Israelis will not be bound to it. What does that mean? It means that they will do whatever it takes to keep Iran from fielding a nuclear weapon. What we don't know with Israel is where is the limit of uh, how, how close up to that line are they willing to go? Nuclear weapons are so grave, so serious, uh, such, a ex, such an existential threat to the state of Israel and the people of Israel, they cannot walk right up to the line. So their line has to be a little bit further back. It's not going to be Iran. They see Iran mating a nuclear warhead to a missile. That's way too late. It's got to be a lot further back from that line, at which point they will take military action. And I think they've been pretty clear about it.
1: And you you think that Israel Israel has the capacity at that distance?
2: Yes, they from, absolutely to, do, and they've been demonstrating it. Uh, they've had these drop tanks on their F thirty uh, five fighters, uh, and uh, yes, they they have the uh, capability of getting in and getting home.
1: Will the will the uh, Brandon administration if it can try to stop and thwart an uh, Israeli attack?
2: Very good question. Uh, that's actually my biggest fear, but I can tell you who won't stop an Israeli attack, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Iraq, even even Lebanon will not. Well, Lebanon can't. But Iraq, Saudi Arabia, the Gulf countries will not stop it.
1: We have a little bit of time left. People might think, well, so if Iran has a few nuclear weapons, you know, we have so many more that we're, 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 we're protected. Tell us very quickly here of what Iran could do with only one or two or three nuclear weapons used as electri- electromagnetic pulse weapons.
2: So my dear friend Peter Pry, who who died this past week, was, was really out front about this, warning the world with just two weapons, one off the East Coast, one off the West Coast, fired from barges or by cargo ships uh, and exploding in the atmosphere about 200 miles out. You can take out the entire national power grid. We would go back to 1880. Without electricity, can't pump gas, can't uh, run your phones, can't do anything. We would support a population of 1880, which was about 80 million people.
1: Yeah, none of us. None of us don't remember how to churn our
2: own butter. Uh, for one thing, and certainly none of us remember how to walk for miles and miles and miles, or to carry water from a well.
1: Uh, There was an estimate by a commission to study this very quickly here that uh, following an EMP attack, 75 to 90% of Americans would be dead within a year from disease, starvation, and breakdown of order. And uh, that is all the time we have for this half hour. Thank you, Ken. You 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 have to run to another engagement. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, stay tuned for an exciting second half of Unite IE Radio.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 to Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
5: Ed Hoffman Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is... Car Star All Star Collision. 951 279 9161. Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star All Star Collision. The Kings of Wreck and Roll. 951 279 9161. AM 590. The answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California. Uh, Had a great conversation with Ken Timmerman. Great in the information, not so great in the content of that information as they're about to get a a new nuclear deal with Iran to give them lots of money for their military and terrorism and allow them to uh, build nuclear weapons either by cheating or by just complying with the new nuclear agreement. Um, closer to home, we're pleased to have on the show, uh, Gina Gleason. And, uh, she for many years and still is a assistant to Pastor Jack Hibbs at the Calvary Chapel Chino Hills Church. And one of the, um, I've said many times that if we had another 10,000, maybe even a thousand pastors like Jack Hibbs, we'd save the country. But she, Gina, while well, she still works for Pastor Jack, has absconded to Texas. And and she is now and she is and she is uh, coming to us from the great state of Texas.
3: Very true.
1: Yeah, she yeah yeah she she's wearing a cowboy hat and has six shooters on now.
3: <laughs>
1: not quite. Not yet.
3: I will. I am going to get a hat. You just wait.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, six shooters and spurs. You know, next next time you come out to California.
3: <laughs> For sure.
1: Anyways, the, the the primary issue why we asked her on the show is uh, this coming election in California. There's going to be what's going to be called Proposition 1. And this is a state constitutional amendment that uh, actually, I mean, it's brief and clear. At least, at, least we'll, at least we will give them that. And it says that. The uh, state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and their fundamental right to choose or refuse conceptive, contraceptives, as if contraceptives was an issue at all, my commentary. This section is intended to further the constitutional right to privacy guaranteed by Section 1 and the constitutional right to not be denied equal protection guaranteed by Section 7. Nothing herein narrows or limits the right of privacy or equal protection. No limits whatsoever um, in that clear language.
3: Absolutely. There are no limits to when a woman can have an abortion. So, Uh, Average uh, pregnancy is 40 weeks, and you can see in those three sentences that there are no limits, no regulation about when a woman can have an abortion. What that means is that a woman can have an abortion at the 40th week, moments before the child is going to take its first breath, a woman can decide she wants to have an abortion. That's what that proposition is all about.
1: And, and I, the Democrats, however, are trying to uh, at least rhetorically pa- backpedal from that saying,
3: oh, no, the clear words of our, of our amendment don't really mean that. Well, they, if they didn't mean it, then why didn't they add the restriction? How about if they added one more sentence? Four sentences I don't think would have been too much. The fourth sentence could have said something along the lines of there's a restriction. When the baby is viable, you can no longer abort. You know, something, some legal term, but they didn't do it.
1: Right. Or they could have just said, this does not expand the existing statutory right to abortion.
3: Yeah, this does expand the right to abortion all the way, right. they, could,
1: they could have said this, that this, in the amendment, they could have said it doesn't expand it. Right. But they didn't. They said it right. doesn't limit it. It doesn't limit your other rights. Right. But they could have said, conversely, it does it, we don't intend to expand the existing statutory right to abortion. Or they could have said, "We're just trying to codify Roe versus Wade," uh, but they, but they did, they did not do that. Now, well, what the- they're
3: hoping, what they're hoping is that people aren't going to really pay attention to that fine little, you know, bit of information. People are really going to think it's just. When you say abortion, oh, okay, well, when it's a little clump of cells, and you know it doesn't matter, first week, second week, third week, but people don't want to really think that it is something as horrendous as late term abortion.
1: Correct. Now there was a poll that this came out this came out uh, this week, and if you um, read them that language, seventy one percent of registered voters support Proposition One, and only 18% oppose it. So seemingly, um, at least based on those numbers, it looks like we would have an a extreme uphill battle to try to resist Proposition 1.
3: But isn't it interesting, the polls that have come out have not asked the question about late-term abortion because Real Impact, our organization also did a poll. We did a Rasmussen poll, it just came out last week, and seventy nine percent of likely California voters do not approve of late term abortion because we yeah. ask the right questions.
1: Right. So, at, so if I understand your poll right, and I'm and I'm looking at the at the at the results here, is that at at, at six months, seventy nine percent do not support abortion after six months. Correct. And seventy three percent. Do not support abortion after um, after the the, the uh, baby is viable correct and what even more interesting is sixty nine percent do not support abortion after the the baby develops a nervous system and can feel pain and that's that happens pretty early
3: Yeah, I've been told it um, thirteen weeks a baby can feel pain that's the uh, um, I forget what organization Mer- American Pediatrics Association. They say 13 weeks.
1: Yes. So that,
3: that's interesting.
1: Or heartbeat, only 58% um, think it should be legal. And um, of those, 36, 36% after heartbeat would say it should be legal under any circumstances. And 36%, even in a liberal state, uh, says something.
3: It absolutely does. And this liberal state, the people that were polled, 70 Seventy percent were Democrats or Independents.
1: Yeah, well, it's about like what the uh, what the electorate is. Thirty percent were Republican, according to the, the polling data, and that sounds mm-hmm. that sounds high because there because other polls show a lower Republican uh, registration rate than 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 thirty percent.
3: Yeah. Well, either but, way, it's good news for us.
1: Oh, it is. Yes, it, it certainly is. If we are able to convey that information.
3: And that's a big if. Yes. That's a big if because the other side has so much more money than we do. If you think about it, Jeff Bezos' first wife, Mackenzie, donated $275 million to Planned Parenthood in March. That's just yeah. one donation.
1: Yeah, probably, probably less than, 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 a shopping, than, 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 than one of our shopping trips.
3: <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that I mean, yeah, yeah, that's they have the money, they have the media. The uh, I suspect that the big damn tech companies will censor and or, or and or restrict the reach of any social media post trying to uh, to get this information out.
3: Well, absolutely, and I doubt that anyone uh, on the other side, on the yes side, is going to want to talk about the Rasmussen poll that we conducted.
1: Yes. Uh, And it probably, you know, is should abortion be legal at eight months and 29 days? Yeah. Ask him. him, You have a chance to ask Gavin Newsom, the first uh, to uh, whether whether he supports legal abortion at eight months and 29 days.
3: Well, you know, that's one thing that people can do as they're talking about about Proposition 1, because most people haven't heard about it yet. So when we're out with family and friends and, you know, start talking about politics. You have to ask that question. Have you heard about Proposition One? Do you know what it's all about? And it's not just a woman's right to an abortion. It's a woman's right to have a late-term abortion. What do you think about that? Would anybody really say, "Yeah, I do agree that uh, late-term abortion is okay"? Maybe the most radical, but most of our family and friends aren't the most radical.
1: True, and uh, the, the the Democrat Party position just in California, but across the country, of unrestricted abortion for the entire nine months of pregnancy is a, is a definite minority position.
3: Absolutely. So what we've done is we've launched a campaign. We were not willing to sit quiet and uh, just let them have it. We have launched a campaign. It's called StopProp1.com. Our website is just up to date even though it's not completely finished because our materials, our handouts have not been uploaded, but the website is up today and we will post a lot of information for people to understand what this is really all about and share with family and friends, get materials that they can take to events or to church um, or whatever it is they want to do with it. Um, But we need to spread the word and it has to be word of mouth.
1: Yes. Now, I'm I'm sure that every Christian pastor in California is going to be denouncing this and encouraging his or her uh, member, congregants to uh, vote no and, and to get the word out to their friends, family, and neighbors to vote no, right?
3: Yeah, I, wish, I wish that were true, Greg. I wish that were true. I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know what to anticipate. I, I would think that this would be one of the most important issues that the church could get involved in. But at the same time, we've had a lot of other important issues and many churches have failed to get involved. But but seriously, can a pastor sit back and just let this happen? I I just think that it's uh, uh, unconscionable. It's unchristian. It's un-American. Un- I mean, Christians, we read our Bibles and we know that we are supposed to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And that is a clear picture of the unborn in the womb who cannot defend him or herself. So we need to do that. We as logical thinking adults, as Christians and pastors, we are we need them to step up and, and get involved in this campaign.
1: And if your pastor is not speaking about it, do you have words with your pastor? And uh, what, are you aware of this? Do you support this. What are your what are, What are you and the church going to do about this?
3: You know, uh, one of the things we're going to have on our website this week is a letter that um, a person can download, and it will introduce Proposition One to the pastor or to the church board. And we will also include a letter coming from a law firm that will state that it is legal for a church to be involved in um, an initiative like this. So um that's coming soon. And we if we can get churches to be involved, we will win. We will defeat Prop 1. But that's a big if. But it's going to also depend on individuals. Taking this information to the church leadership and maybe be, being the liaison for the pastor. The pastors are busy preparing their uh, sermons, you know, leading the church, uh, being, being the person who is always out at um, the hospital or the um, conducting funerals and weddings. So we know pastors are busy, but we know that they can hand this off to someone who is responsible enough to bring this information to the church.
1: Absolutely. And if you're if, if after being informed if your pastor chooses to uh, take a pass on this, um I'd say that you you need to find and you need to find a new church and a new pastor.
3: You know, I I've, I've been noticing that that has been happening a lot this past year especially with COVID there's just been so much that's been going on and people have been deciding to walk away from their church, which I think is really sad. Um, You know, if a church, if if the Lord calls you to a church, you know, you you stay there, you get fed and you help your pastor come along to understand the importance of some of these issues. Um, But if you find that it's just hopeless and you don't feel that um, he's doing the right thing, well, then maybe you do have to walk. But Um, I'm hoping that people will stay and try to convince their church leadership that um, this really is important and they should be involved.
1: Right. You don't just walk away easily and immediately, but there comes a point where you just, there's, if they, if they won't speak out on this, there's there's lots of moral issues, ABB, AB2223, which allows killing of children after they're born um, a lot of things, but if they won't speak out on this,
3: yeah, we, we got very involved in AB 2223. We, um, organized a rally in Sacramento. Uh, almost 3,000 people, um, attended. We, um, I organized, um, uh, pa- arranged for Pastor Jack to testify before one of the Senate, uh, committees on 2223. And, um, we fought back and it was amended. It's not a perfect bill. It's still a bad bill, actually. But uh, the church rolls up for that one. So hopefully we'll get the same response with, with Proposition 1.
1: Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, All-Star Coalition. Play
5: stake your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to
1: Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen, uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, a Unite IE coalition, and you know, probably ranking up there in at least as important or almost as important as the private citizen as a political office is the pastor, who provides the moral underpinning of uh, that is essential for a civilization, and we see that's going away in so many in so many ways. Uh, Tucker Carlson had did a piece this past week about car, the, the the vast increases in carjackings in Democrat-controlled big cities, and you got these, you know, and a lot of them are are are, are young, are very young, I mean, eleven years old, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, and they're out putting guns in people's faces and t- stealing their cars, and there's, I mean, there's before you even get to the law enforcement side of that and the criminal justice side of that, there is a huge breakdown in our civilization to be producing children like that. And let me guess, they probably didn't spend, they probably didn't spend every Sunday in school and in church.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's hard to even watch the news nowadays. We just saw the 7-Eleven that was ransacked And you just wonder how people get to that point. I mean, how are they brought up? What did their parents teach these people uh, about how we treat one another in a civil society? I don't know. I guess they just didn't get that.
1: No, obviously they did not. And with the the increase in children being born without fathers and the the data on that is clear uh, about you're many times more likely to not finish school, to end up to use drugs, commit crimes, go to prison. All the bad outcomes of life are much more likely if you don't have a father in the home. Who can have thunk it?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, there were a lot of great people that talked about it and who are still talking about it. And then you talk about it too. And, um, we're talking about it at our church. And, you know, I, I think that it's an important discussion that needs to be had because, you know, we worry about not only our children, but our grandchildren. Our grandchildren are the ones out in the streets living this life. And, um, it's, it's not the same. You know, I'm in my sixties. So, the days of Ozzy and Harriet are long gone, but boy, was it a great time! So peaceful and just idyllic, you know. Riding our bikes and our skateboards at ten o'clock at night in front of the house can't do that any longer.
1: Oh yeah, well, yeah. As a kid, as a kid in Ames, Iowa, you know, okay, get back for dinner, and you can just we, we pretty much just you know took care of ourselves, entertained ourselves, and uh, they're just you didn't have problems, and you, 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 the parents. Even in first grade, I could probably it's probably a half a mile to a mile, I just walked. Just rode or, rode my bike or uh, walked to school, and they I didn't, parents didn't have to worry about that.
3: Well, I mean, I think about it. Even though we had the um, Rasmussen poll that gave us great results, seventy nine percent of adults in California do not like late term abortion. But why wasn't it one hundred percent? Right it yeah. should be 100% killing a baby at, at a late term my gosh that's a demented mind that would think that that's okay
1: there is something and i don't know whether we can productively talk about it i do want to talk about the remaining legislation that's pending before the california legislature um, is there there is something twisted and evil and psychological and mental in Many demo, many Democrats that support that support that that about killing in the the intensity which they which they latch on to unrestricted killing of unborn children. There's some, there's something going on there that's kind of this twisted evil. I, I can't bisect mm-hmm.
3: it. Yeah, no, it it really is very hard to to understand, and I really. I don't like to dwell on it because, uh, you know, you just start thinking about the the horrible things that that take place during an abortion. I mean, babies are literally having their limbs pulled from their body and their and their hearts being punctured with a needle or their, you know, their brains and uh, their heads are collapsed. And it's just so horrible. And do people not know that this is happening? I, think- I just don't know.
1: I think they don't understand what uh, what an abortion entails. Um, I, Mark Twain, I'm not, I don't have the exact quote up in front of me, but basically said that no man's life, liberty, or property are safe when the legislature's in session. And he must have had the California legislature in mind when uh, when, it, when when he said that. So yeah. we have one more week in the current legislative session. What's the status of the what bills are you tra- still tracking, and what's what's going on with them?
3: Yeah, we're tracking SB107. It's the bill that says that if a minor lives in another state, not California, that minor can come to California without his or her parents' permission and uh transition to the other gender, the opposite gender, and uh that that minor can be brought by an adult Um, and again, that is without parental permission. So that is something that, um, is shocking because we know that California, you know, the things that we live with here in California, or I no longer live with, um, but the things that happen in California, um, you know, it is oppressive and, um, you learn how to deal with it and handle it, but parents from other states really should care about what's going on in California.
1: Well, absolutely, especially since in essence they can kidnap children, bring and bring them to California, and California is going to keep them, notwithstanding the parents in other states. Say, hey, give us our kid back. We, we're the we're the lawful legal parents. Nothing's Nothing's been done to, uh, to terminate our parental parental rights.
3: Well, what's interesting about that bill is the author of the bill is denying that that's the case. But everybody knows that that is the case, just like they denied that they were trying to pass an infanticide bill when they really were. And, um, you know, we fought back, but they had to finally admit at least a portion of their bill was infanticide.
1: Yeah, that's AB 2223, which in original form would have allowed the killing of perinatal, which yeah. is defined in the dictionary as the time between five months before childbirth to one month after childbirth and they mod- have modified it and it's st- i mean i don't even the uh the current language at least the last time that i looked at it is
3: well basically what it says that is if a if a baby dies but let's say the baby dies in the womb that um but it's delivered the law enforcement agencies cannot investigate without the possibility of being fined or charged with a crime against the mother
1: yes that's that's exactly right is is the the language is unclear and it's not as bad as it was, but they still have this provision that if they even investigate the dead baby and what happened to the dead baby, then the law enforcement can be they can be prosecuted and sued, creating a huge deterrent to even investigating uh what happened. If you want to follow these bills and contact your legislature, the great place to do it is your website RealImpact.us. It allows you to send, me- find out what's happening, and send messages directly to your legislators right from that website, RealImpact.us. That's all the time we have for this week, Gina. Thank you for being on the show. We will definitely have you back to follow through on what, and support the uh, your pro- your campaign to stop this evil
5: Proposition One.
3: Thank you, Greg.
5: Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590, to Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020.